0: Hey, there, party part of people. It's Office Hours podcast time. My name is Ashton. I'm David. And welcome to Office Hours, the official podcast of episode 18. And I still can't get this audio right on the first go. <laughs> it's a mysterious thing. If you're an audio technician, you are worth your weight in gold. So good on you. What, um, pe- what
1: people don't know is that we spend usually 30 minutes per podcast just setting up audio every time yeah. every time yeah, even we, though it's the same shit every week
0: yep so <laughs> you would think that we would get into some kind of like you know system by now but clearly uh, you know the variables keep changing i think that's what the problem is like oh i want to try this new thing or i want to make this better or, yeah and, um, and god forbid we do it you know the day before i always so, feel bad when we have guests because like they hear they look at them like oh your podcast is pretty good They're like it sounds great like you guys do a pretty good job and then they come and see our two-bit operation they're like oh oh it you you eight hours to set up (laughs) it's like you know i had a hard out 22 minutes ago (laughs) we haven't even rolled to the first question yet uh anyway yeah welcome to office hours um so this is the podcast where we pick apart creative quandaries and all the things that make us kind of stay up in the late of the night um and uh yeah uh, that's that's it i can't even see episode 18 i still can't even get a description down
1: people should know by now what they're listening to
0: I hope so. Gosh, I hope so. If you're new, welcome. Um, you know, thanks. And if you're uh, if you're an old reliable, welcome back. What's up? Have a sit.
1: <laughs> Man, what's on the uh, the agenda?
0: Well, um, you know, while we were troubleshooting some audio things here on my end, you threw out this interesting question, which I started to go into a tangent, and then you quickly shut me up. So we can so save do it this. for. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to do this, right? We're do this,
1: I and this is good because it doesn't. This is, I mean, this is a photography thing, obviously, but this goes across every industry. I know web developers and artists and illustrators and painters and mortgage brokers and everybody who uh, who fights this problem. So, um, yeah, let's talk about pricing, but more, Ooh, yep. but more importantly, let's talk about undercutting the industry. Which Ooh, is- nothing,
0: nothing. Get people riled <laughs> up, ruffle. Get get your ruffles up. Um, <laughs> As whenever we talk about money that's when that's when things get a little dicey
1: yeah man i mean we we we, we bro- broached this topic for a, a, a hot minute with dan ryan a couple of weeks back and dan was telling this story about how he had uh won this large contract back when he was in new jersey to do this um i guess shoot a bunch of a car- apartment complexes and he just wasn't sure how to price it and whatnot and he and he didn't want to piss off everybody else in the state of new jersey so he He started reaching out to other architectural photographers to ask them for help in finding out what he should be charging. And he got on the phone with a guy and the guy basically read him the riot act and was like, if you don't know, then you shouldn't be doing the job. And I'm not going to tell you anything. So go screw yourself. And, you know, part of that is this whole, uh, you know, veil of secrecy that 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 a lot of creative industries live behind and you know you don't want to share your your rates and your messages and your whatever but you know the fact of the matter is that uh you know we're all on board here and we're all here to help each other out and so may- maybe you just give some info and and I've fielded a bunch of these phone calls and emails in the last several months and of people saying like hey what would you charge for this and the fact is that you know, on a given job, I know what I would charge, but I also know someone who's been doing it uh, longer than me who would charge more. And I know someone who's been doing it less than me, less time than me, who would charge more. And so there is no like level playing field, I think is the, what I'm getting at. And so to say that someone is undercutting the industry is kind of a bullshit term. And I can say this because I have had those words leave my mouth many a times and it's usually when you're talking about or to someone who has been doing it for less time than you and you're kind of just disgruntled that you didn't get the phone call is where I'm coming from on this and most of those conversations that I have with people who are like oh that guy's undercutting the industry it's because they're pissed off that they didn't land the job or that they weren't called for the job now you can berate me go ahead
0: I'm not going (laughs) to berate you I I think that like I am very much in the same train of thought. I think I'm maybe a couple cars back, though. I'm in, mm-hmm. a, a, I'm in the dining car. You're in the the smoking car. Ah, the um, smoking and, car. I, the smoking car. You're so classy. Do you have your smoking, smoking jacket ready?
1: I miss smoking. <laughs>
0: um, so I think, like, I don't know. I, I think that yes, you're absolutely right. There's anytime you hear someone kind of getting their all, their you know, their their undies in a bunch. It's about. Oh, you know, you're just upset you didn't get the call. And I think we've all kind of been there at one point. You know, you're like, oh, well, that person's just undercharging everybody. Right. And uh, yeah, I get it. Um, but I also agree with the whole idea that there's a there's a there's a marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. The reason that you're able to ch- like if you're on the high end, let's just say you're, you know, ex-photographer, you're on the you're on the high end. The reason that you're able to be that is because there is somebody there's a why on the low mm-hmm. end right? That's, that's the way that that market works. The market dictates the price. And I think that that's kind of one of those things where, you know, you can buy a cheap hammer, you can buy an expensive hammer. At the end of the day, they're both hammers and they both do the job or they can do it. They just do it differently. Right. And so I I do think that I do agree with that. Now I will say we're not necessarily depart, but it's just a slightly different frame set is that I think that it's it within my best interest as a person that competes in that marketplace, wherever I sit on that, that line, that the person on the low end, the uh, the cheap guy or girl, mm-hmm. it's within my best interest that they improve and raise their rates, because really? what I ultimately want, we well, see what I want to happen. I want the price floor to to climb, and I okay. want it to climb so that the level of work as they get better, as they become, you know, as they they become better than me or they surpass me or they get as good as me, whatever, whatever it is, that then our widgets, right? They become more apples to apples. And I think, I think that for me, that, that, that drives the whole thing that, okay, well now I have to get better because someone else is getting better. But then it gives me the upside of, well, at least now the price floor is is up. So it's like, okay, so when they call out for headshots, let's call let's say headshots, there's a hundred dollar headshot person. And then there's me who's not a hundred dollars. I can't come down to 100. I can't compete for that. Right. But let's say the same client is kind of, we're competing on that. As they get better, they raise their rates. And now, okay, well, now we can, now we can kind of compete there. But you're saying right? that so price now it's like is price. based
1: on how good someone is.
0: I think it's based on how good you are, what you bring to the table, how long you've been doing. It's a lot but of things. Th- it's, a, it's a whole bunch of different things. But that's
1: a subjective statement because I, you know, I think you're really good. Right. And you often say that you're not that good. And vice versa, and we talk to a lot of people who are well, like, "That's just my I, I own know. problem." Yeah, well, but we, you know, or or I look at someone and I'm like, "Man, I don't really like their work." But it's just an aesthetic that I don't like. It's not that I think that they suck. You know, like they're they're doing their own thing, and so like, but I I can't I can't come out and be like, "Wow, that person's only worth five hundred dollars a day because of the work they're producing." Like, where does that median come from? Where does that line of this is what a good photographer makes per day? on let's just use headshots because it's you've been using it and it's easy Um, you know what what does a good photographer make per headshot because I know guys who shoot really nice headshots that make I don't know two three hundred dollars a headshot I also know guys who do the exact same freaking job and make fifteen hundred dollars so where is the where is the you know is is, is the guy who's charging 250 undercutting I don't think so I think he's just charging what he's supposed to or what he's comfortable it's, with so that's a different
0: that's I, what he's comfortable with. that's his business
1: it's what it's what he yeah i mean he's getting by uh you know she's making enough doing it um you know they're supporting their families everybody's comfortable you know one could argue that the guy charging 1500 is you know kind of raping the system and charging too much
0: I mean the market the, the whole the 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 cost is what the market will bear right so right. like if someone is willing to pay 1500 it's worth 1500 mm-hmm. someone's willing to pay 100 it's worth 100 mm-hmm. I I think the way that I I try to approach it is that like I want I want younger younger photographers or cheaper photographers to to raise their prices as they continue in the field because that's like that's what was afforded to mm-hmm. me right like I was able to raise my rates as I got better at doing what I do and I think that inherently what that helps do is it raises the price floor. Right. So it's like, I don't know, you think about like rent like apartments that you can rent, you know, they have a price they have a price floor that kind of keeps it keeps the non serious people out. Right. You know? And it's like it's at the end of the day, an apart like a five hundred dollar apartment versus a thousand dollar apartment, mm-hmm. they're still apartments, right? But yeah. like you get nicer things or you have you're in a better spot or you you have better neighbors like that kind of thing i think kind of helps so i think same argument but with with you know cost of doing business or rates like my hope is that those young photographers or people that are just getting started as they they're cheap they're cheap when they start because that's what makes sense that's how they can get the work and that's how they can build a book yeah and as they get better and as they improve my hope is that they increase their rates too so that you know people that purchase that work understand that they're that the art is worth something it, it, the value goes up overall i think if right. like you know as the value floor increases that means my art can also be more expensive right so i think it almost ladders up so it's like okay well the hundred dollar person is now charging 500 which means that like if i was at 800 before now i can be at 1200 i can i can justify that because i think my art is more justifiably worth the dollars
1: that's wild so you think that because someone else gets better, you can then charge more because you're still a little bit better than them.
0: Well, no, if I'm if I'm getting like, I think that there are people that have surpassed me by miles sure. in you know my time doing. And I think it's subsets based on what they do. And that's great. That's amazing. I think it just it all depends on what you do, how you do it, and if you think it's worth it. I, It's
1: art. That's the problem with art is it's completely subjective. It's not, though. That's a bullshit statement because headshots are not art headshots are a, a, a commodity it is a need that someone has and there you go and like yes you can make it very beautiful and you can do some really cool stuff and and you know I, this is just this is my personal opinion sorry i didn't mean to shut you down and say no it's not so i apologize for that but you're, you're fucking good. wrong ashton <laughs> i just you know, i think that like i look at some situations like that and i go like I mean, headshots I do in my sleep, right? Like, I know what I'm going to do. We know how we like them. We know, And I know all these different ways to do them. Like, it's not a big creative outlet for me. And so I just kind of, to me, it's like, it's a great way to make money. There are other jobs I do where I look at them and I go like, this is a great artistic outlet for me. And I also get to make money doing it. But, but I think that the value, the value isn't set by the guy with the camera. The value is set by the person purchasing the art or the product or whatever. And so... The problem is, you know, you field phone calls where people call up and say, like, I need a headshot. And you say, it's 200 bucks. And they go, what? That's so much money. And then you take a phone call five minutes later and say, it's 200 bucks. And the guy goes, oh, wow, man, that's a great price. Right? And so it's like.
0: Well, and I think I think that the market is so, I mean, I know we're all, kind of, I'm, I'm dancing. I'm I'm figuring it out as I talk to you about it. Like, because I think that each market, based on where you are geographi- ge- geographically, that's where I'm That's Geographically, yeah. it, 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 I think it dictates. I, I think this is like, I think about like wedding photographers, mm-hmm. right? Like where I grew up, I grew up in Southwest Florida and the wedding photographer market down there is a very, very different place than the wedding photography market up in Atlanta. And I think right. in that there's a price floor, like the base, the, che- the cheapest that someone will charge. And then there's a price ceiling, like 98% of the photographers in this area don't charge more than X amount. And that, that changes no matter where you go with who, what they do. And I think that like within that, those fence posts those guideposts you mm-hmm. have people at the top of the end that think their work is justifiably mm-hmm. worth that much that's the, the top dollar and then there are people in the middle you know and then there are people at the bottom and I think right. that that's I think the it's all comes down to market 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 dictates the price um, so but like markets we are go so back to headshots. well yeah but I mean that's literally anywhere right I mean right well it's well, like, like saying with most things right
1: Right. It's like saying, like, oh, I'm I, I need to buy a sedan. What's the sedan market look like? Well shit, are we talking Hyundai? Or are we talking Honda? Or are we talking Acura? Or are we talking Mercedes-Benz here? Because they're guess what? They're all four seaters But that price range is wildly different. I think that we're in I mean, I
0: don't I'm not I'm not nearly good enough in what I do to to talk at that level, but like for the folks on the very high upper echelon like holy crap you're at the summit type of people or at least mm-hmm. it looks like the summit from where we're at right <laughs> i have to i have to imagine that they like that they see them like their product offering is like you know the mercedes benz mm-hmm. and i would probably say i'm on the like i'm on the like fully loaded Toyota line. Uh, <laughs> like, you can get a really, like, I'm a Toyota with leather kind of guy.
1: Oh, all right. The, with, all right the, with the floor like, mat upgrade and everything? <laughs>
0: yeah, floor mat. Like, we got the paint protection, the pins, <laughs> no, no pinstriping. That's tacky. Do Pinstripes. Um, but, you know, so like, but sedans, right? Yeah. Different type of buyer, though, right? Like, the, ty- the type of buyer looking for a Mercedes Benz is looking mm-hmm. at a different price point. So I think it, I don't know, I think there's there's factions within each subset, right? So it's like you have headshot photographers and so that there are the high end, there are like the Peter Hurleys, right? Okay. Like top, top high end, I'll call him the high end. And then you have okay. like the, you know, LinkedIn specials, round up your people, we'll do every person for a 100 bucks, you know, right. like every 100 bucks a head. And I think that that's like, those are still headshot buyers, right? But they're two different marketplaces for those buyers right like the person looking for actor headshots i'm going to make my career on this that's a very different buyer than i have i have to get one for my you know koana speaking gig
1: right now do the do the do the i don't want to use him directly but do the do the peter hurley's of the world (laughs) let's just say do the guys who are charging above a thousand dollars a headshot do they look at everybody else and go they're undercutting the industry
0: I don't think so. No, I think they look at it the way that we're. I think they look at the way we're talking about. It's like they're just. It's a different marketplace, right? Like, you know, they're attracting. They're. I hate to put these in the car metaphors because it's the thing that I've I've used car metaphors a lot in my career. Yeah, but it's like if you're looking at buying a Corolla, then you're definitely not looking at Mercedes-Benz. Like you Mm -hmm. don't. You're not looking at a C-Class Mercedes. You're looking at a Corolla. Like I want a sedan, so I'll look at a Corolla. I'll look at a a Civic. I'll look at a. A Kia equivalent, which I don't know what that is because I'm not schooled up on there. But like, you know, you're looking at like little like compact sedans. Those are the compact sedans, and Mercedes has a compact sedan-ish thing, but it's well outside your price range, so you're not going to even think about it. Right. Right. You don't cross-shop that market because it's it's one it's one step up.
1: It's apples and oranges. And
0: I think that's probably yeah, and I think that's probably where like this argument kind of lies, right? Like I don't think anyone that charges less like for commercial photography. I do commercial photography in Um, you know, I, I think if someone does it for, like, does the same level of gig for or the same level type of work for less money, I don't think that they're undercutting me. Um, I just think that they either they're shopping a different, they have a different buyer, Mm -hmm. a different market, or they've, they've, they have a different business setup, right? That allows them to spread their risk out a different way. And I think that's okay.
1: Okay. So if it's it's
0: a loss, if it's a loss leader for them, then that's fine. I don't care.
1: So then when is it appropriate to say, man, that person's undercutting the industry?
0: I don't, I, I've never, i never, I don't think there is maybe because I haven't run into a situation like, I guess if someone was to say like, show me David Patino's number and I'll come in 10% under.
1: That's, yeah, well, that's blatant. But
0: like, that's blatant, but like, I, I, that's the only way I can really think about it because... I don't know. I don't I don't think I've I mean I've lost jobs before to other photographers, like very, very talented people. Mm-hmm. And I think it may have been like I think there are instances where I, I was more expensive. I think there were instances where I was less expensive. Yeah. I just think it it came down purely to the buyer's preference, you know? Right. Um like I did Which a is real estate gig the value. Like a couple, yeah, they set the value. They they have a budget and they have a they, they know what they want to spend. And so like a couple years ago, I did photography for um an architecture uh, gig. Um, for a big a big thing here in Atlanta and I was one of like four bids and I know that I wasn't the cheapest I know that I was somewhere like mid-pack mm-hmm. and they had um, they had some fancy folks from like from New York that were also like they were they were the Rolls-Royce option they were very expensive but they were very good at what they do and what ultimately ha- like I ended up getting the gig despite the fact that there were people that wanted to pay the bigger bucks but it was purely based on a budget thing. Like what was I, was I undercutting that guy? No, like I put a competent number together. I took my time. I said, this is what it'll take me to do the job based on the type of work that I've done before and what I feel comfortable with and what I know I can deliver. And that person, whoever they are, you know, doing Rolls Royce type things up there said, this is, well, this is what we've done. We've done this, this many times for this many people. And this is what we think it's worth. And so, I don't know. I, I, like, in that sense, I don't think I undercut anybody. I just think that, like, my numbers were different. My overhead costs, my running costs, my art costs were different. And I think that that's okay. And then there are other jobs where, I, like, I know that I was, like, neck and neck with somebody for a big, you know, blue chip company. And they won the gig. And it was purely based on preferential, like, like they the client, the customer had a preference for that person's art, right. even though it was
1: more expensive yeah and that's fine like okay can't can't be mad at that like no you can't win them all obviously and and that's okay i i get that i just i'm gonna go i'm gonna go way back and just there are i'm, I'm gonna go back to times that i've said the term man that 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 person's undercutting the industry and it was it was always because somebody got the phone call and i was like man how did they get the phone call Right? How do they get the phone call? And of course, they're going to get the job because their price is great. Right? I, I think I'm just kind of like self-soothing right now, but like I'm trying to get myself out of the 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 hole that I've dug myself in for years, which is like it's it's a really subjective uh, industry that we play in. Right? What's nice? What's yeah. expensive? What's you know? And 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 everybody loves to bash everybody else for buying Leicas or using Canon or, you know, shooting with Godox or Profoto. I mean, I think a lot of it is just like shitty banter that we get caught up in, right? Instead of just like, hey, let's let's work together and build a community and talk about how we can all better ourselves. And, and like you were saying, like, yes, maybe raise the market floor a bit. Um, although I think that's kind of tough just because there's so many people out there doing what we do in different markets and different locations and geographic right? Yeah, geographic, like well, you like,
0: said. Well, like, I mean, like to take your example, like headshots are in Atlanta at least are one that I would love the price market to like the market floor to come up a little bit on. Like I think that when people ask, like when I've gotten requests to do headshots for companies like massive rollouts, it's like, okay, if you have, you have 60 people, that's a, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time for editing. That's a lot of time for shooting. And like, to quantify in the way that I do my numbers for my business, like it, it costs a lot and it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it's hours in. Um, And I think that there are other people in the market that charge a lot less. They like, they've managed to find the $50 special and it's like good on you if you're able to do that as your business. But I would love for you to like make a little bit more money so that my option doesn't seem as, as expensive mm-hmm. and that we can be a little bit more competitive apples to apples. Right? Like, I, I mean, because I think that you know, and for that person, like I, I think that the way I've always kind of approached it is like for that person doing fifty dollars headshots, it's like how, like that's amazing. I guess that you're like you're able to figure out how to live your life and make a comfortable living doing it for that inexpensively. Right. I think that's like it's like I, I, I want to know how you do it. Like how you manage to make that. Like is it just purely volume? And do you off are you offsetting all of your in like your costs for travel and setting it all up and like is your 50 are you getting are you getting your 50 dollars out of that like because right. i feel like that's a that's an over service i mean that's a, that's a lot of work for not a lot of money um
1: but if but they're somebody able to make that work that for them then that's, right. that's the thing somebody else yeah. is feeling like they're getting a lot of money or a good amount of money enough to live and survive and do whatever by charging 50 dollars. and so i think I think a lot of uh, photographers and artists and whatever do a great disservice to people rather than sitting around and talking about how that person is undercutting the industry and man, they're bringing the floor down. Well, what if you just focused on raising your own fucking floor, right? Because like you said, there's so many people doing so many different things and it's hard to like have a level base. Like who cares? Uh, Let me back up real quick. The only time this pisses me off is when someone does work for free. When someone goes in yeah. for free and does something that, that i cannot stand so i'm just going to throw that out there real quick but like if someone else is doing it for uh 80 less than i'm doing i can't be mad at them or i shouldn't be mad at them um and what i should spend my time doing is focusing on how i can get or find my clients and get more clients that are willing to pay that amount i think or is that stupid
0: no, I mean, I get it. Cause like, I think that I keep going back to this headshot example. That's okay. But, like, no, it's good. <laughs> you know, well, cause like when I look at the marketplace, when I look at the landscape, it's like, okay, there's a guy that does this stuff for 50 bucks and he'll show up at your door. And there, you know, and then there's me who's like, I'll show up at your door and do the same thing. But I'm like, I cost a little bit more money. So like. Or and there's people even more expensive than I am to do this. So it's like I see that there's a marketplace. So it's like okay, so somewhere in there, I have to find what I feel comfortable. Is it a comfortable exchange for the amount of work that I know it takes to get mm-hmm. done? Because like if it if it was too much work for too little money, then I probably wouldn't compete in it. It wouldn't make sense to me. But totally. like because it because there is a little bit of room for that, and it, like for me to fit in to kind of slot into the marketplace. I go okay, that makes sense. I can I can make sense of like the numbers on that, right? Like what it takes for me to to do the work for a reasonable amount of money um, that allows me to cover my costs and maybe make a pitch of profit, like, you know, a little bit. Yeah. And that's what I feel good with. I feel good about that. Could I charge more? Sure. Would I get as many bites? Probably not. Right. I think it's, and then I have to sleep with that, right? Like, right. <laughs> I think the other part of it is, you know, we we talked about, you know, when you make a budget and then you send it off and they immediately say yes, the whole like, right, the right. panic of like, I should have asked for more. <laughs> yep. It's it's the idea that no, like you asked for what you wanted at the point at that time, and like that's that should be like that should be good. Like you shouldn't ask for it at all if you know it's not enough, right? Right? Like because every job you budget out should be the an adequate enough money to do the job properly to the Mm -hmm. best of your abilities. Right? It should be fair. You know, you can you can price gouge if you want to, but that's not a fair business. And I think like when I think about the type of ship that I want to run, I want to run. I want to run a fair boat. Like, I want to yeah. be the guy that's like, yeah, he he's a little bit more expensive for certain things, but he's really good. He like, he'll do, he'll do us a solid. He'll work his butt off. And, you know, there is a value proposition somewhere in there,
1: mm-hmm. you know? It comes back to the way you view yourself, I think, and then the way you view others. Because I had a, uh, I was talking with a photo editor uh, a couple weeks ago, and she kept saying to me, she kept referring to me as being in the New York market, as being a New York market photographer and i have never in my life considered that statement to describe me a i've i don't live in new york i live in new jersey um b i think the last time i did a job in new york was like four years ago um i don't go there to work i just you know it's whatever and so i don't consider myself to be a a new york photographer but she kept referring to me as that and she kept referring to uh, you know, New York City rates and how the competition in New York and blah, blah. And I was like, you know, like probably 70% of the jobs I shoot are in New Jersey, and the other 30% are in like many other states across the country and not anywhere near New York. So, you know, but she viewed me as being that because I was within a 100 mile radius in New York, and therefore everybody within a 100 mile radius in New York is a New York photographer and has to go by New York pricing, New York standards, New York looks. And it was really kind of like, was eye-opening for me because i was like wow i don't i've never viewed myself that way but you view me that way so then i started thinking like well how do other people view me i I don't know i think it's just interesting how other people look at the situations at hand without having all the information you know and so you are you know i don't know are you an atlanta photographer like is that do you identify with that
0: i yeah i guess (laughs) uh, uh, i like to think like I don't know. I like to think that like it's more than just based on city, ge- like geography. Like I think like I, to your point, like you fly all over the country, right? Sometimes. <laughs> um, to do the work that you do. And I, and I think, well, I mean, I think that's kind of all of us. I think all of us are in that kind of that world market more or less. Like, you know, plane travel is relatively inexpensive. So that means you can be, you can shoot out of market if you want to that said, I do have a home market and my home market is Atlanta. And that's like, that is m- a majority of where my business takes place. Like 95% mm-hmm. of it, 98% of it, whatever. It's a lot of it. It's, it's an overwhelming majority. And so that's like where I make my connections. That's where I, 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 you know, invest in my own ne- like my network of people. I, um, that's where I try to give back to people that come like that compete in the same market. Um, that's where all my bids go. And, 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 Because of all that, that's where my, that's where my day rate is, is kind of dictated by. Right. Like, I think I compete very much within the Atlanta market for commercial photographers, price point type thing. Right. Um, And so, like, I've been, I've been, I've I've you know, working on an agency, I've kind of come to understand, like, there have been moments where, you know, I wasn't the one shooting. I was the one booking someone. I was kind of, like, directing or, you know, producing. And so, like and understanding what a client's budget was to spend. I could work with other photographers to get them into the thing based on what they shoot and how they shoot it and what they cost and et cetera, et cetera. So I think understanding a little bit of that marketplace and knowing where things tend to fall, um, has kind of allowed me to shape where I want to be. Right. Am I at the top far from it? Am I at the bottom far from, it. I'm somewhere in the middle. And I think that that's a happy place for me. Like, you know, I think there are other people that structure their businesses and this is completely their right, their prerogative. They can do whatever they want, but there are some people that structure their businesses where they want to do, you know, like 10 projects a year or six projects a year or whatever, big tent poles. Holy crap. These are huge. And they take lots of time to kind of invest to, 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 get like to secure, to, to land and then to produce and then to ultimately shoot and deliver. And they charge buco bucks for that. And that is totally within their right. Like, heck yeah. Like, the reason they right. exist is, like, they exist so I can exist. Um, but then I think I've taken the mindset of I would rather take a little bit less money um, and do more of it. Right. And I think there are people that take even less money than me and do double that, right? So I think, I don't know, it just depends on how you, you want to like how in love with the hustle you are, how, how much you want to do and how varied the work that you want to do is like to your example, for the people that do it for free or 80% of your costs, like it's hard for me to judge that like on its face. Like I, I I don't like people that do things for free. Like that's definitely, that hurts. That hurts us. That hurts everybody. Right. You work for free, free. Yeah. Cause that means the, that means your effort, your hard work, all the stuff you've learned, all the stuff you're going to put into it. That brings it down to a zero sum Mm -hmm. game. And that makes it really, for that buyer, that justifies, well, we've gotten it for free. Why would we ever pay? And that's not a good mindset, I think. That said, for people that do massively discounted things or, you know, like for very low rate or a quarter of the rate, I think that can be, like, if that's an opportunistic thing for that particular person, like it's hard for me to fault, sure. right? Because I think if, you know if a big brand was to call, like if Tesla was to call me and say, hey, we want you to shoot a whole gaggle of things. Yeah, I'd probably, I mean, I'd come in as close to my rate as I could, but like my will, I'll tell you straight up right now, I know for a fact that whatever my rate, even if I like, I put all the bells and whistles and extra hands and help and gear that I needed to get the job done, it would still probably fall like very, very short of what they actually pay a very, very talented team of people to do (laughs) for that type of work. So like, you know am i undercutting that guy like i mean no if i was creating that budget like i'm going i'm going you know gangbusters mm-hmm. on it but like my gangbusters is not that person's gig. like right. if they're the maserati then i'm the mercedes i get the mercedes for once or the Tesla so i mean you know i think it's like it you know i think when when you hear someone that gets like that lands a huge gig it's like oh man they probably discounted their rates like well maybe but maybe that was just the right investment for them right. right like and and that's not a bad thing
1: yeah you know there was a uh there was a very uh, i'm gonna leave it unnamed there was a guy who rented my last studio from me uh very what i would consider to be a career well off commercial photographer. He'd been doing it for a very long time and he came in to shoot some stuff and and we were chatting afterwards and he was telling me this story about how the just the day before he had been driving in his car and the whatever had called and was offering in this gig and back and forth and he was going across the George Washington Bridge and he asked what the budget was, like we all do. And they responded, It's three hundred thousand dollars. And he was like, I nearly drove my car off the bridge even if I quadrupled my rates of what I would normally charge for a job like that, he said, I couldn't even come close to filling that budget. And so I had this moment. Where I was like, wow, you've been doing this for like 30 some odd years, probably at this point. And like, so it never gets easier. Like I was kind of like, even now after 30 years, you've been presented with a situation where you looked at it and went, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? You know? And if, cause honestly, if you don't fill the budget, sometimes or you don't fill it to a certain percentage you aren't eligible for the job right they want to see that you can put the right stuff in place and so but he was like man the the, it was such an absurd number that even if i hired the best of the best in wardrobe and propping and makeup and whatever he was like i still i couldn't fill that day rate
0: now the one thing that we're not accounting for here tell me is i think the biggest sliding scale of any commercial job right it's usage mm-hmm. usage is the one thing that that very rarely um very very rarely do do large agency or agencies i'm just going to say agencies yeah. sorry guys if i'm brunching you into with anybody bad juju stuff but like it's it's an often overlooked point that like it like so in a 300k budget like yeah sure i'm going to get all the hands i need i'm gonna i'm gonna get all the kit that i need to do my job and do it really freaking well but then you got to think okay so out of that 300k how long do they want to use it how much are the models going to cost me how long do they want to use those models likes and images like those likenesses Mm -hmm. and then where do you want to put it do you want to put it on some pamphlets or do you want to put it on a billboard or do you want to put it on pamphlets and billboard plus tv plus international plus this plus that plus that and how many markets and for how long like all those things very much can dictate because that that's the you know your day rate day rate's should be just that date rates. They stay relatively the same. They, they grow as you get better, that kind of thing, right. as you feel comfortable, whatever, whatever. But then usage, that's the big sliding scale because that can be like, oh, you know, like, I don't know, Nike wants to do something internationally for five years. Like that's a very different cost than like mom and pop bakery. Sure. Wants to put, you know, things together for, Instagram, right? Like those are two very different brands, very different mediums. But like the one thing that can stay the same is your day rate, because like you provide incredible service and do incredible work and your art is great, et cetera, et cetera. But then like Mm -hmm. where that art goes after the fact is, is kind of the big part, right? Because at that point you, you want to make sure that you're covering your bases in that. And I mean, if I don't know if you've spent any amount of time using like usage calculator, things like bet cost of doing business from like the, you know, PPA, APA, um, you know, any of the large like photographer or artist oriented, you know, cost of doing business things, those numbers are really, really high sometimes. Yeah. Almost exorbitantly so. Like it right. feels like, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like they're good for, they're, they're, those are good things to like get an idea for because you have to ultimately make a decision what you're willing to kind of give up and, and sell and et cetera, et cetera. But realistically, like that's what can swing a budget wildly, especially depending like on the brand and where they want to use it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like my day rate will be the same whether I shoot for mom and pop or a fortune 500. The difference in those budgets being where they're going to use it and for how long. Right. You know, so like, you know, let's say a company calls you and they want to like, oh, we saw this thing that you did these these flat lays, and we want to buy your flat lay work for us, but we want to own the art forever. Like we want to be able to use it on anything we ever make for the next hundred years. Like that becomes a different proposition than, Hey, we just wanted to, you know, make a thing for the next week. Right. Now. So, I mean, I don't know, like that, that's a totally different rabbit hole of things of which which I'm not,
1: (laughs) which you're not prepared to. (laughs) Like,
0: I, I mean, like I, I, I think that's probably the one thing that I, I struggle with the most is kind of how to value your work on the, on the whole shot. Mm -hmm. Um, and like using calculators as a really like using like industry trade things and talking with producers, like print producers that I've know in town and other photographers who've been like kind enough to kind of show me behind the curtain. That's really, really helpful. But at the end of the day, like their numbers are their numbers and my
1: numbers have to be my own. Is it fair to say that? Like we were just saying, like it? Cause sometimes it depends on the photographer, right? Is it fair to say, and I'm asking you this because you just spent like what 10 years shooting for an agency right you were like the guy on the inside would you have landed those high profile clients if you hadn't been supported by that staff of other creatives
0: probably not okay i don't know i mean
1: i I, I I don't i don't know i'm asking so like because i know now like i mean now you're doing it you're freaking out there on your own and you're running guns and you know like you're making it happen and so i'm just curious like like because i never had that support i could have
0: (laughs) right exactly i think it would be a much harder proposition like for the work that i did over those years i'm really proud of that work i think it looks really great um you know it's helped me build a what i think is a very competent book hell yeah and uh, you know i wouldn't change it um that being said like a lot of that work was the filler for a much larger campaign, right? So, like, somebody else okay. was operating. Like, if I was the Mercedes option, then somebody, right. like, that same client was paying for a Maserati somewhere. Okay. Um, I think that, like, you know, in the national campaigns I helped shoot, like, those were fillers for even, like, for, like, large brand creative, right? So, right. I think that's just kind of the way that that worked out for me. Now, you know, that like,
1: being said, I'm, did you, because you were... You again you you were a salaried employee, right? I mean you weren't making a mm-hmm. day rate, you weren't making usage rights, you weren't making any of that shit because you were under the veil of this company at that point.
0: Yeah. Mhm.
1: So how does that how does that play out? Like I mean obviously like you were a big part of. It. I mean you did all of it. So like you did all the budgeting and you were doing all the production and you were doing all the stuff and so then one day you step out the door, right? And now you're just Ashton you get to carry all that with you, though. Like you've done all the production, you've done all the legwork, you've done all the shooting, you've done all the lighting, you've done all this amazing work, minus the support team. Now, right but now, you now you've built your own support team of characters that you love to work with and that you want to play with, and that and that's probably more valuable than anything you did prior to that, right? Because you get to choose who you want to work with, you get to pick who you want to be your you know AD or your whatever, and you get to pick the best staff that you have. How does that translate from one day to the next? Like how do you just like walk out the door and you're like, "Man, I don't have that anymore, but I've still got all that. Like I've got all this. I can go out and offer this to the world, but nobody knows who you are because you were always under this corporate thing." <laughs> you have a very interesting story. Like you had a wildly successful career not as Ashton Stanishevsky.
0: I did work that I was really proud of, and I think a lot of people would be proud to have in their books. And for that, I am, like, super thankful for the opportunity. And I'm not, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, I'm not naive to that point that, like, those are jobs that people would work very, very hard and very, very long time to get that I got pretty quickly. And it was because I was, you know, I was... Right outside the room where the grownups are talking, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> it's like I lived in the I lived in the house that they all came to play dominoes at. Right, so it's like okay, amazing. You know, I'm like right outside the door, and it's like, hey, you're that guy that they talked about. Yeah, like yeah, that's me. And so like that's kind of where those conversations naturally led me to be a shoe in for some of these things. Right. I think that what was super challenging in my in my time there is, you know, I was able to build a practice from the bot from the ground up, from mm. starting with like we did a lot of media relations stuff. So like shovels in the ground at like ribbon cuttings and stuff like that, like not very sexy, but it was work that needed to be done and it's good work. And there are lots of people that do this work and it's, 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 it's good stuff, right? Like it's stuff that needed to be done. So yes. And over the years, as I got better and I was able to translate that into bigger or more creative things, like that's where that work started to grow. The part that unsettled me was I started to understand that at the level that I wanted to compete at, those were people and not places. They were like people like you, uh, you know, and they were not agencies, right? Agencies would go shop the market for photographers based on what they need, the budget they had, the look and feel they're after, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a long list of things that you shop for when you're a car yeah. buyer. So what I come to started to understand was like, okay, well, you know i've i've been afforded these incredible opportunities to work for these really great brands because they were on the roster of that agency and you know did i still compete for jobs absolutely i did i still competed against you know other photographers that they liked that they had working relationships with or that had different looks and styles based on where the campaigns that they were doing were going um because at the time like i was like i mentioned earlier i wasn't we weren't i wasn't doing the big creative We were doing the fill in the spaces creative right so like another agency would have a big you know flag waving national like this is the big brand creative moving forward for this this section of time this next five years whatever you want to call it and they would make a big campaign tv commercials and all that stuff and then they'd be like okay so now we have these other things that need to be made within this within these parameters what can you do and And they were always waiting to do it which is and i was right there like a like a short like a short stop in the ground ball right (laughs) just scooping them up and it was like these are great like and and within that and over time like these were incredible opportunities but what i started to feel was that okay the the things that i'm doing i'm starting to look at carve out a a look look and a feel and an aesthetic that is like uniquely me um finding my photographer identity magic air quotes yeah and learning that the people that i was competing with were not agencies and that made that a lot harder to like put your hat into the ring for things outside of our wheel like outside of our domain yeah because it's like well you're you're an agency you're not a guy number one an agency is not going to hire another agency because why would i like it's like why would i give away the keys to the castle like that's terrible idea that's terrible business you know, I think there were moments where there were partnerships with other agencies where like, they had they had a, a campaign or they had an idea, and then like we would fall underneath, like I would fall underneath to yeah. help create an element of that. Um, but I still think that's the same. It's the same challenge for that for that house. Like they have to think, okay, well, we're inviting this guy in to do this thing that he's good at, and we like him, and he's not bad to work with. But at the end of the day, he's a different house. He's a different shop. Yeah, not a guy. Right. Um, and so that kind of that was unsettling to me because it was like I, I wanted to create my own little niche where i could say you know like this is the work that i do and this is the work that i'm known for and i can go chase this work and and if i need to bring it to the front door of the house then that's fine but like i need a guest house you know like, yeah. i need to be able to say like i live in the pool house but i have my own thing and this is okay like I will give you my 100% all, but like, just know that when you hire me, like the check might go to that, go to the main house, but I'm in no way trying to steal anyone else's juju. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm only here to stay in my swim lane and do what I do and try to do it the best of my ability.
1: Yeah. And grass is and always so, greener too. Cause you, you know that the day I met you, I went home to my wife and I was like, this guy, like this guy has got this thing that is the dream. Like, this is what I want, I want, backing of all this coolness and i want this paycheck and i like i i was so absurdly jealous and we've had this conversation before and you felt the same way looking at me you were like this guy's got his own studio yeah, have, and his own clients he's got and his full own- <laughs>
0: creative control right, right. Like he can do whatever the heck he wants yeah and, he and can i was go, like and i
1: yeah and, it, and, it is and, the grass is always a greater exactly. situation <laughs> and and now that i and know more I, about your situation i'm so glad that i didn't have that and you know and i, I and vice versa <laughs> i'm sure like you know i had massive amounts of overhead and crazy you know bills going out the door and you know like it's not always as it seems obviously and i think that that's like a huge part of it it's hard to crawl inside somebody's head and you know uh and be them for a minute it's you know no I, I agree and i cover all that I, shit
0: i i i think that like I don't know, what I think I learned, I mean, I learned a lot of things, and I, I had an, an, an that first meeting when we came to, the you know, the superpowers came together, and mm-hmm. David Bettino and Ashen met, like, it was very much that thought, like, oh, man, that guy's got all the creative control he wants, and like, yeah, there are, there, are, there are things that keep him up at night, but like, you know, like, at the end of the day, that's his domain, that's, he owns that, you know? Right. Um, and, I don't know, I had access to incredible people, I had... Um, all these incredible tools at my disposal in terms of like human capital and equipment and and things like that um, but i think that the 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 challenge came within the idea that i had to kind of stay within this corral right yeah. like and the the idea that i could compete in a bigger arena was possible but not not within the realm that I was in right now, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like inherently the system was flawed. The system that I was playing in was flawed um, because it's, you know, an agency won't hire another agency very rarely. I mean, I'm sure yeah. that m- maybe some people are out there are comfortable with that, but I think if you were to ask like, if you were to ask um, Mike from Second Melody, he'd be like, heck no.
1: Yeah, it's it's like, rare. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll hire contractors and I'll hire freelancers and I'll, like, I'll keep team my team on my side. Mm-hmm. But like, I wouldn't hire another house to do, you know, my own thing. So I, and I get that. I totally get that. And there's like, that is, makes total sense to me. Don't, don't fault for a second. And I think that's where it became very clear that like, okay, I need to be able to like create some kind of distance in how I talk about what I do. Um And so, yeah, I think day one, walking out the door, it was like, you know, okay, I've brought, I'm bringing my book with me and I'm, cause I, just I, I like to your point, like I've done all the work and I've. I've learned a whole lot and and I think that's what helps me do what I do pretty well. Like I think that, you know, I can approach it from, not just from a photographer perspective, but I can approach it from an art director's perspective. I can attack, attack it from a producer's perspective. I can look at it from an account executive perspective and see what they're trying to understand and what they're trying to accomplish with the dollars they have. And so I think that that helps me better understand the landscape a little bit. Um, But to your point, like it's, Pricing that part is hard, right? Like it's, I think that like my like my rate is not the highest in the market. It's not the lowest, but I think it's indicative of like what I can bring to the table in terms of an all around value creator, right? Like, yes, I can make the stuff. I can make the widgets, right? But right. also I can help with a lot of different things in along that, that process. And some clients want that. Some clients don't. Um, it's completely up to them. And I
1: price that part accordingly. So, so that was a
0: long, that was a long diatribe.
1: <laughs> no, but it's good because honestly, it, it, you know, again, go, let's, I'll wrap, try to wrap this back around to the beginning and get, figure out some way to tie this all in. But, you know, I think the topic at hand is there's a lot of different ways to do this. Right. And whether it be commercial or retail or anything in between, there is no handbook there is no set medium there is no anything and so what you're doing isn't right or wrong necessarily and there might be a better way of doing it and there might be a worse way of doing it and the only way to figure that shit out is to talk to as many people as possible and to share as much information as possible because you know i i know i have a lot of people in my area that i talk to and 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 i get bored of talking to them quite frankly because they're right down the street and we're kind of all doing the same thing. And like, you know, to have a, a friend like you in Atlanta, right, which is an entirely different market because, you know, I'm a New York market photographer and you're an Atlanta market crazy. photographer. <laughs> um, but like, I, I, you know, I think opening like the whole reason we're doing this, obviously, is like opening the doors up and g- gathering information from around the globe makes you a better person and it makes you a better photographer or artist or illustrator or web developer, whatever the hell it is that you do. And that's why I think it's just really important to kind of keep that open mind, you know, hear other people's stories, learn from other people's stories, because you, can, you as a single person can only do so much, right, in life. And there are going to be other people who have far different experiences, better and worse. And, you know, like if you can for a minute vicariously live that, then you can gain a little bit of info from that. And that makes you a better person in the things that you do. I think I just went really deep on it, but.
0: No, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll go even deeper (laughs) on this. I heard somebody say, uh, and I think, I think I try to, I think about it often now. I heard it like a couple of months ago. I was like, wow, that that's a great idea. And it was, um, it's attack your goals, not your competition.
1: Yeah. That's good.
0: It's like, stay in your swim lane keep doing what you want to do stay focused on what you are doing and how you want to do it and what you want to accomplish and let everything else fall by the wayside in terms of the the, what's out there the noise right get to the signal keep out the noise everyone should just be doing their thing and it's not who's undercutting it's not who's charging less it that's that's their prerogative that's their business just like it's yours to do what you want to do
1: i think kyle stapleton would be so proud of us right now
0: oh man i hope he's listening he can send me my gold (laughs) star in the mail hell yeah be like kyle your target this gift cards good. in the mail buddy
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um all right uh yeah wow that was a deep one um
1: thanks man gosh. thanks for thanks for going yeah, that down was, that rabbit hole
0: i feel like alice a little bit
1: yeah <laughs> um, i don't even want to talk about gear can we just skip that part <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah let's just i mean you know there's there's another time and place for that guys this is episode 18 19 of office hours night a whole hour (laughs) episode 19 of office hours we appreciate you listening along with us if you like this episode give us give us a like give us a comment uh, on apple podcast that's the one that matters um, sorry Spotify not quite yet you're almost there and if you enjoyed this share it with a friend I think that you know we're all in this together and I think the more open and transparent we can be about the stuff that we all go through as creatives and the stuff that we're kind of dealing with as uh, as a marketplace or as an industry the better we can all be I think it's like that situational awareness that helps us all develop ourselves a little bit better so if you enjoyed this please do share it with a friend um, and uh, yeah we'll uh, see you guys in the next one
1: next time later peace